Was popping, was popping, was popping. Welcome to Nikki and Moose. I'm Nikki. That's Moose. What's up, Moose? What up, y'all? And it is episode 25, first off. Milestones. And on this episode, we are going to talk about Kanye. We're going to talk about Khaled. We're going to talk about LeBron and his whole... It's You know, it's just a lot like we always do, but we got to highlight some of the great stuff that happened this past week. Moose, how are we feeling? What do we think about uh. this? Uh, listen, we you know, we're big on ownership. This is one of those weeks that we see a lot of it happening and the good and the bad. Right. We see some stuff happening on both ends. So, yeah, I'm excited to dive into this one. Let's just get into the intro. Two kids from Queens cut from a different cloth. Now joining forces, helping you to elevate your personal brand. Yeah, I'm talking about Nikki and Moose, bringing you a never before seen perspective into the mindset, the mentality, the behaviors, the driving force, but more importantly, the stories behind the people and brands that you know and love the most. And you know what time it is. It is the review of the week. Review of the week. And this one comes from TJ. Says, great listen. I absolutely love this podcast. I enjoy listening to the podcast that talk about branding. And Nikki and Moose definitely delivers. I love the breakdown of different brands such as Jay-Z, Kobe, and the Kardashians, etc. This podcast inspires me to keep growing as an entrepreneur and allows me to learn. Okay. Kept going, but you get the vibe. That's a good read. That's a good read, Nick. That's a good read. Good stuff. I didn't go to New York (laughs) Public School. I'm good. (laughs) No offense to those who went to. Yeah, no offense to went to public school. I love all y'all, but I'm a Catholic girl. My bad. My bad. Oh. My bad. You didn't go to. Okay. No, I went to Catholic school all my life. Wow. Wow. Okay. That's what's up. Shout out to mom. Hi, mom. (laughs) (laughs) Yo, but um, first off, why? Okay. I'm going to just start off with this. I'm really upset about this Kanye thing and we'll get into it, but I'm really upset how we always have to hear like a high and a low about this person. Like, I'm really, really mad. I just want to get into it. Really mad because everybody knows, and if you don't know, if you are a brand new listener, hello, my name is Nikki, that's Moose, um, two, I love Kanye, okay? I love Kanye. All day, every day, all that great stuff. But there was a big announcement this week, and they still kind of crapped on him. I don't get this. I don't understand. Why, why do we hate Kanye so much? Yes, he is different. I get it. I understand. We don't understand him. I get it. I understand. But like, <laughs> come on. Yeah. Something, something has to give at some point. Some point we just need to let this man go. I mean, as well as, you know, my man's going through a whole divorce. A whole divorce. Yeah. Can, yeah. Can we not care about that? Do we not want to care about that? We just okay. Anyways, no let me breaks. let me show let me show and let y'all listen to what I am talking about. 
On Wednesday, multiple outlets reported that Kanye West is the richest black person in America worth as much as $6.6 billion. The news comes after Bloomberg reported that his sneaker brand Yeezy, as well as Yeezy Gap, have a combined value of as much as $4.7 billion. The article also mentions an additional $1.7 billion in assets. But based on Forbes' estimates, Kanye is worth less than a third of that, $1.8 billion. The bank made some assumptions based on projected future earnings, particularly for Yeezy Gap, which is yet to sell one item of clothing. First off, I'm going to do this sound and this sound at the same time. This is my thing. Let's do this. Can we just celebrate that somebody makes a lot of money? I don't care if it is six point whatever billion or a one point whatever billion. It's a billion. Can we not like can we not find every and I get it because some people really take the title of the highest paid Black person, I get it. I understand. And so they want to give credit to where credit's due for the actual person. But come on, like Forbes, what are we doing? Like, why are we acting as if we have to bust down everything about Kanye West? Even they did the Kardashians, too, with um, Kylie when they were like, okay, she's the first, I don't know, millionaire or something. And they're like, aha, not really. Let me show you. Right. Like, what? What is the point of of that? What I, Moose? What What do you think? I, I just I don't understand it. Yeah, yeah. So so from one side of it, I understand, right? Of course, through our through our work with the flight assessment, we we get it. There are a group of people who take pride in being accurate. Yeah, everything has to line up. Cool. Yeah. I get it. I'm one of those people, but. Not in this season, y'all. So the first thing I see wrong with this, Knicks, is the labels, yeah. right? The label of the richest black. Just stop right there. As soon as you say that word, just stop. I don't think this is the season for that. Now, of course, we do want to show, like what they say, black excellence and all that. That's important. But I don't think that a predominantly white institution needs to be really taken on the responsibility for having to correct what's happening out there in this season. Like, just... Just stop, because clearly, if he's amounted from zero, and we can definitely say that about Kanye, because at one point, it's not like he had any sort of financial wealth passed on to him. He started from zero, at one point was in the hole, I think somewhere north of $35 million or something like that, and came back to where he is now. That in itself is a great accomplishment. If you have seen the track record that he's gone on with Adidas, with Nike, Putting Adidas literally back on the map to just compete with Nike. Don't be surprised when he does the same with the gap. It's going to happen. Like, I'm sure COVID, the pandemic, could put some delays in there. But once that line is released, it is a guarantee. It is going to go out the wazoo. So the the estimate that you see with with Yeezy and Adidas, I think that's at, you know, a couple billion in in itself. Absolutely. So, yeah, even if he's not there... So I just I I get it if if whether it's, you know, accurate or not accurate. I just think this is not the season that we need to be going against one another, you know, for cross-cultural references, especially when a label is attached to it. I just think is is 
it's below the belt. And and so I, I semi get it because they said what like one point something was off of the the Yeezy Gap one, right? And okay, we haven't seen anything from it. Cool, right? right? But are you going to sit here and say that that's not going to sell? Like you might Absolutely. as well. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you might as well count that. It in. don't make sense. Yeah. So especially. Ahead, sorry, and I was gonna say the other side of it too. Like, just look at the Gap stock price; they're already up. Yeah. You know, I think from like eighteen dollars or less when when they first made the deal, they're sitting at somewhere north of twenty five dollars. So it's like, yo, that's got to amount for something, right? Like it was it was that acquisition that kind of started that trigger. So, yeah. And and I think if you just look at the pattern, like Yeezy and Adidas made a billion here. The Yeezy supply period made another billion and something here. So if you look at that alone, those two things, and now you have it with the gap, it's only fair to say that you're probably going to get similar results. I don't Mm -hmm. see why that's so far-fetched to understand. But at the same time, like, give this man his flowers while he is alive. And... What he's done with his his uh, sneaker and clothing brand, what he's done with just even with land and, you know, art and everything, because that all stocks up into what, you know, this this billion dollar, regardless if it's a six or one, I don't really care. It's way more than me. <laughs> okay. So let me celebrate at least because it's way more than mine's and probably way more than mine's and moves combined. Okay, I'm just saying. Safe just, to say. It, it's safe. Yeah, that's I'm, safe I'm to not say. A, I'm not a billionaire. Yet, no, no, so, no, yeah, no, that's safe no. To say. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. <laughs> no, not yet. No, but, but you know, you know what I like too, though, Nick's. You know, and and this is, I think, the lesson that we need to extract from this for entrepreneurs, because you know, with with the way things are, with the way the entrepreneurship space is developing right now, and forgive me if I sound like your uncle for a moment. Or a uncle to the listeners, right? A uncle, like an uncle, I should say. What? Uh, but, but you you can see that there's a lot of the, you know, like it's it's becoming a very talkative space. I mean, there's a lot of he said, she said. My favorite part about this is that Kanye, when you go on his Twitter, he hasn't said a word, oh, no. right? Whether you think it's six, whether you think it's one point six, whether whatever you think it is, he hasn't entertained it. Right. So I, I do think that there's a lesson to extract from that for a lot of entrepreneurs who are, you know, growing a brand or growing a business at a big level. I don't know that there's always a need to respond. You might feel differently. And I'm actually interested to see what you got to say to that. But I do like this Kanye right now. If like, you know what? Let me not even address it right now. So. I just think he has more personal stuff to really care about because. Agreed. Pattern-wise, let's just go off pattern. He is big at making sure you know how much it makes. You, he is. Last time he they misquoted him. Oh, he went him. all out last time. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, no. Hold on. Let me show you. Hello, billion. Here, I made yeah. a billion. Hello. So last time this happened with Forbes, right? He was very like, "This is what I am, and I'm out here with it." I just think in this time, 
due to the divorce and everything and what he's going through, maybe proving himself at this point of his life is just not important, right? But I'm not going to sit here and say if that wasn't happening, he would. he's just in a different level and he wouldn't <laughs> respond. No, he would. That's just yeah. Kanye. That is I agree with is. you, but I do I do think that there is it is important like I always feel you give energy to something the minute you give your attention to it. Yes. All right. So like if every time someone says something bad about you, you got to start showing up and defending yourself. A big part of your power is in being like it's not true, like I'm out. Like you know, and and I do think that, that there is a lesson to extract from that. But I am with you. I I agree. I I think I'm sure part of the personal stuff is taken away from it, but yeah. Yeah. Um, we, shout out. Listen, Kanye, you may watch this. You may not. Uh, somebody you know who knows who knows you will watch this. Hello. Um, here's your flowers. We love you. Uh, you're a billionaire regardless, and that needs to be celebrated. For sure. But let's talk about somebody who makes me laugh so much and that is well another one i almost did there the, the dj done another one <laughs> dj khaled has a collaboration with none other than dolce gabbana but the reason why i want to highlight this is because it reflects him so much like oh, to you the it, and it co- it goes back to his Snapchat days. It goes back to his major key album, and and we're gonna show all that. But I just love how you can really just be yourself, and you get luxury brands as collaborations. Like that's yeah. not that wasn't happening before. Like social media situations, right? Because I'm not even going to say people because Khaled was a DJ and uh, a big hip-hop person prior to Snapchat and all this stuff, right? But let's not front like Snapchat did not blow him up, period. Snapchat took him to a whole new level because they were like, yo, this is Khaled? This is how he lives and everything like that? But let let me show you what I'm talking about because I just find this really funny and cute. So one of the inspirations of this collection was this beautiful flower right here. So I made sure I made a jacket. You know what I'm saying? You see the We The Best logo. And you see the tag. March 15th, available worldwide. Cabot Cabot. Dolce and Gabbana collab worldwide March 15th in every store across the country. So for, for our listeners, um, Khaled was showing his flowers, right? And how his flowers was the same flowers that is on his very now expensive jacket with the We The Best logo that is now a Khaled and Dolce Gabbana uh, collab. And majority of his outfits are now with flowers and lions. (laughs) I find that hilarious. And if nobody knows this backstory, 
Here's just a mini situation. Lion! And, and, and right here, uh, because you just went deaf for our listeners, um, this is a lion and Khaled doing his album cover for Major, uh, Major Keys. And all it has is a flower and a lion. Yeah. So I wanted to touch on this one because, first off, Khaled is just amazing. He gets brand deals that just, I, I don't know how. Like, he had an almond milk one. Like, I don't know if you remember that. He had almond milk. He has so many other ones. But the fact that he literally has a whole clothing line based off his backyard because every morning he would go and water the flowers and say, Lion, and do this every (laughs) single morning on Snapchat. That is what got him this deal. I'm so inspired to do something random every morning now with one of my weird voices and hopefully get a brand deal based off right. some equipment and my voice. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. What's, I, that's, that's so that's crazy. So real. That's so. I feel like. <gasps> go ahead. I feel like he took a page right out of Rick Ross's book with that. Like, you know, because of the I way he, he does the, the morning stories. No, let's not even oh, really? play. Let's not even play. Wow. I think Khaled was one of the original people that set that up, not necessarily with products, but mm-hmm. because Rick Ross would show it every morning. But Khaled had this thing every morning. He would go and do a walk and show the lion and water the flowers. And now it's a product. Now, you know, now it's a collaboration. But I think Rick Ross saw what he was doing and was like, hmm, maybe I should do this every morning. I should show my breakfast with everything, (laughs) every single product that I have in the world. I, I don't know. Shout out to Rick Ross. Hello. I know you're watching. Not really, but hello. (laughs) Now it's dope on a lot of levels though. Like for example, you know, you're doing some really, really cool when you're getting hired in Super Bowl commercials to act as yourself. Crazy. You know what I'm saying? Like that that's so dope. Like I forget what commercial. I don't know if it was for State Farm or probably but something like that. He did a commercial for him for this Super Bowl and he was hired to act as himself. Like, you know, doing the we the best and you know all of that and I'm like all of his famous slogans. It's like the and I know we talk about it a lot, man, but just the the reality of being you to to the fullest degree it, it's so rewarding in the long run. And, it, and in another part, and, and maybe you can touch on it too, but the consistency of it. Because like you said, every morning, while it may sound funny or... And to me, I don't think he's trying to be funny. Like, I, he really looks like, yo, I'm serious about this. Lion. Like, no, that's, 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 that's really him. his serious yeah. swag. Yeah. And whether people, and I'm sure he's noticed people laugh at him and they respond all types of crazy stuff to him, but he continues to do the same thing. So, like, I feel like 
as he goes through the noise and, and cut through the noise with his consistency, people started to see the opportunities in that instead of making fun of him. So it's like, I think it's funny because it ties back to, you know, something you, you're you're really big on teaching, which is the consistency piece. Yeah. And just being yourself. It's just like mm. we and the, the crazy thing is that his friends like Fat Joe is like, no, that's really Khaled. Like he's <laughs> really screaming lion when I'm FaceTiming him. Like that's really who he is, because, I mean, at first you're always thinking like, nah, that's. He's super extra. This can't, this is a joke, right? Yeah. But the fact that he has been consistent with it this whole time, regardless of the platform or whatever, right? Now, do I feel as if he is as big as he was when Snapchat was popping? No, I don't. Sorry, Khaled. I love you. I do. I I love you. But, um, He's still making himself relevant and true to who he is. Just like how you said with the Super Bowl thing, he was in movies doing the same thing too. Right, right. Bad he has roles. Yeah. Yeah. He has yeah. roles. Yeah. I think one or two, he's been in one or two movies just acting himself, doing another one. You know, so it's just like there's no need at all in this day and age. To have two sides of you because you could just act as your true self and have that as a very expensive jacket um, in the near future. There it I is. really want to know how much that jacket is. I'd like that's True. this is the only yeah. and, and no offense, I'm not I'm not the flowery person. I promise you, I'm not. This was the only thing that had a line on it, and I was like, mm, nah, I'll probably pass on this one. But I want to know how much it is so I could blame the price instead <laughs> instead of yeah. the flowers. Are you looking it up? Yeah, I am. I'm looking for it right now. Look. Because I, I saw it, and I know they said it's like uh, Mediterranean meets Miami or something like that. I was I was reading up on it, but yeah, I'm gonna check it out right now. And shout out to his rich friends that go to Dolce Gabbana and is like, "Yo, I'm getting the Khaled one right now. I'm buying it, Khaled." Like, okay, wow. all right, rich you friends. You won't believe it. Matter of fact, why don't we do this? Why don't you take a guess first? And uh, the jacket oh, is it we'll... a is it a two pack? What is it? is it? Just the jacket? What are we doing? What, tell me what the item is. Okay, so let's see. I'm scared, people. This, this it shows a tracksuit. Yeah, but let's see, because you know they. Let's see with okay. these two cap. Yeah, no, it's both. Okay, so the tracksuit. Uh, so, so the, it's the, the jacket tracks, okay. and the pants. Tracks yeah. in totality. Okay. Mm-hmm, I'm. Mm-hmm. I'm looking. I'm. I'm feeling. Uh, two thousand and ten dollars. Okay, okay. I thought you was actually going to go low, low. No, that's cool. Um, it's a little less than that. It's okay. Take one more stab at it. It's okay. less than uh, that. Yeah. How much less? Like, am I hot or cold? Nah, you're kind of cold. I'm, yeah, I'm kind of cold. You're, okay, so we're going to go with... over. We're going with about... Um, I'm going to say... 1,200. Wow, now you hot. <laughs> now you hot. Thirteen forty five. Hey. Thirteen forty five. Shout out to those people who just have money that just wants to spend a thousand some 
you, I'm, I'm cool with this Adidas tracksuit that I have on right now. I mean, I'm, I'm cool with that. I don't know. See, okay, so here's a really good question. Mm-hmm. Because we're surrounded by people who have a good amount of money, right? I'm not in their pockets, but I, I know they're very well off. They're doing right. pretty good, right? And they are not buying the uh, Dolce & Gabbana, uh, DJ Khaled collab. They're not doing that, right? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And so my question to you is when you get up to that status, do you feel that there is, and it doesn't have to necessarily be clothes, but is there mm. something that you're going to be like, yeah, I got I got it because I can. <laughs> like I th- this is cuz oh, I can. Man. Because like I know why and, and because I don't knock it. I know why hip hop artists and and just people in the public I do it per se because you have to kind of show status, right? Um even though some people don't, it's still more glorified that okay, you made it when you have this on and that on and this like, so I get why a certain kind of culture does that. Right. And a certain kind of genre, but, um, is there something that you would get that is like, all right, in this budget, I'm not, but since I have a couple of extra and is, you know, maybe going to taxes anyways, shout out to right. tax season. Um, <laughs> Is there something like that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, I, I'm definitely not the flashy type, so mm-hmm. I'm I'm always the one to have stuff and not even let you know. You gonna buy a plane? Know, I've had it. No, not a plane. I don't know about a plane unless unless like yeah, business really goes to a whole new level, and we're traveling all over the place uh, even more than. But yeah, no. I think for me, I, I I've always been a watch guy. I love watches, mm-hmm. but you know, like. Uh, classic gentlemen's watches you know obviously there's a there's a couple there that i think from a collection standpoint you got to have a few you know just uh moose is gonna get a rolex moose is gonna get a rolex (laughs) okay that's what he just said Um, i don't know if you caught that but he's trying to play the politically correct you know from a collector's and an investment (laughs) standpoint some things don't appreciate it is real though you know (laughs) It's real. That is true. They don't depreciate in value. That is true. They hold their value pretty well. So uh, it would be good. Yeah, one day on the podcast, he's just going to be like this. See what happened. Oh, what man, time is it the again? time. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I look at my phone. Why are you not looking at your phone? Man. Um, it's just my ooh. hand's been bothering me. You know, it's a little. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. What my about God. you? You got, you got, I mean. You 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 got an expensive taste though. Like you you uh oh okay, okay, okay. Wait. Pre 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 COVID. Let me say that. Pre COVID. Pre COVID. Okay, no, what expensive Jordans is not expensive. When you have a hundred of them, they kind of are expensive. But they're not bought at the same time. Okay. I don't know. This <laughs> is a bought at the same time. That's that's a that's an interesting comeback, but um, okay, okay, okay. So hold on, hold on. What about what about the Nipsey collection? Okay, let, what about that? What was wasn't there a couple items that was yeah, kind of like that was ridiculous. That was but but I slowed <laughs> all the way down on that once I realized yeah. I was like, oh yeah, this is 
This is this is you are trying to be a mid luxury brand. I ain't mad at you, but mm. I'm not. No, no, I can't do it. Yeah. So, yeah. the the thing is, like, I've calmed down on my sneakers a lot. You have. A big a time. I agree with that. Yeah. Um, shout out to Sneaker App that makes that possible too, because even today I wanted can't the threes that came out and it was not possible. Yeah. And I'm really not trying to go back to like multiple screens and on foot locker, foot action. I'm tr- I'm trying not to. I'm saying to myself, God, you didn't want me to have these. Um, if you did, you would let the sneaker app work for me. But okay, I get it. My money needs to go to, uh, let's put it into crypto. Okay, I get it. Yes, God, I understand. I don't know if he said that, right. but that's how I t- interpreted it. Uh, to find a reason why <laughs> I don't get these sneakers, but um, I calmed that down. I'm not really big on actual like the clothes that I necessarily wear. Shout out to everybody who does give me hoodies and everything. Like I have between grind gear and hoodies mm. and everything like that. I am good. I'm not even going to wow. lie. Like I don't have the only thing. Listen, followers. Of Nikki and Moose or Nikki, or if you're a fan of E and you just want to support some of his team members, listen to me <laughs> real quick. Hold on, real quick. Right. Um, I need pants. <laughs> All right. Y'all give me so many t-shirts and hoodies, and I get it. Because normally when you start a clothing brand, those are the two things that you start with is a t-shirt yeah. and a hoodie. Right. So right, right, right. So you're like, boom, let me give that here. This is great. I love what you do. Absolutely. And please, I'm not saying don't send those. I'm saying uh me and Moose need pants. Okay. Me and Moose need pants and socks. Socks are good, mm-hmm. you know. That's a good um mm-hmm. socks are always needed. You know, laundry always eats them up somehow. There's always one that goes away somehow, some way. Oh, so for sure. Um, just, you know, putting that out there, we're not asking for, uh, the Khaled collaboration. We're not asking for Louis or anything really expensive. I just think some joggers and some socks are just fine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's real. I'm just saying, but, um, to go back to the question, I'm going to buy a plane. Hey. I want a Drake plane. Hey. I want- yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I no, want, I'm with you. It, hey. I, but this is the crazy thing, right? And we're going so off topic, and I don't really care right now. But we'll come right back in three seconds. I don't want a jet. You see me? Like I don't want that. Like I, yeah. I unless, and I'm so dramatic. Like I will stay in coach for the rest of my time. Right. Or that plus one, the whatever's plus from coach. Comfort plus. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. But either or, because all I need is a window seat and I'm fine because I go to sleep like mm-hmm. I'm small. That's the great thing about being small. You don't need that much space. Like shout out to those people that need like all this leg room. I'm five, two. I don't I don't need that much space. I, my, my knees doesn't hit the, the <laughs> seats. I don't need anything. Just give me the window. I'm good. However, it's going to be coach or plane. 
That's it. There's not going to be an in-between. It's not going to be no like... Right, right. It's not going to be like coach and then first class and then a jet and then... No, no. it's going to be coach and a plane. Love it. I love it. <laughs> a whole 747. No you jets. Mean, that's it. That's, it. that's all love I do. It. That's all I do. But let's get into this uh, next uh, major, major, major uh, announcement. This is more uh, for a moose situation because i didn't know what this all meant um moose if you want to set this up i knew you were excited uh, i was like i don't know what this means but here you go Ah, <laughs> uh, this is huge there's so many things to attract from this but let me just kind of first uh share the news and then we'll play the video and then get into it but of course and i'm and we talked about it a little bit on tuesday mm -hmm. there was a new move made in the ownership space specifically sports uh, sporting teams, LeBron James and Mav Carter, uh, are officially owners of the Boston Red Sox. Huge. Huge. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm yeah. not sure how huge that is. I'm not a baseball person, but he is a baseball person. How, why is this? Actually, let's go into the video. Huge. And then we're going to go, yeah. why is this huge? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So he could school me because I'm just like, well, granted, I understand owning a like part of a team period is huge. I don't I don't even think it matters of what uh, sport it is. I think that's huge for anybody. But let's get into this uh, video. Um, you know, as far as the, the Red Sox, um, you know, obviously a historical uh, franchise. And, um, you know, we know the history of the. Uh, you know, the World Series championships they've, you know, brought back home to Boston and the players that's come through there and the legacy that they hold in that in that area. So um, I think for me and, and for my partner, Maverick, uh, to be uh, the first two, uh, you know, black men to be, uh, you know, a part of that ownership group um, in the history of that franchise, um, I think it's pretty damn cool. Pretty damn cool. Which it is. It is. Pretty damn cool. But but most yeah. lead, lead this one off. Yeah, so this is this is huge, man. So of course, you know, you talk about the first black owners to own, you know, a, a part of that that group, right? FSG, I, I think is their network name. So they get a one percent stake uh at the table of the Boston Red Sox, right? Now here's why it's it's a big deal. First off, Major League Baseball, like their overall net worth has grown by about $5 billion in the last few years, all right? So, like, the entire league was worth, like, you know, $1.7 billion or something like that. At least that's what they were averaging per year. With the exception of COVID year, they're now trending upwards of $5 billion. So, that just shows you, like, okay, there's a lot of potential here. There's a lot of retired players you take the A-Rod, for example, Derek Jeter in a, in, a, in a position of leadership or ownership with the Miami Marlins. There's a lot of retired big-name players, modern-day players that are now in ownership and management positions who understand what it's going to take to shift the game to compete with the NBA. Right now, the NBA is dominating by a landslide. So I think for them to jump in this early, you know, right at the cusp of the breakthrough, and then ride the wave— they're going to get a tremendous return on investment, which I think they put up about $70 million for that stake. But still, it's huge just to get a seat at the table. 
So there's so many different ways we can break this down. But the first one, Nick, I want to talk about, and I definitely want you to jump in on this as well, is partnership. Mm-hmm. All right? Partnership. We talked about Yeezy or, or Kanye's evaluation, and it's a partnership with Adidas. Mm-hmm. We talk about, you know, LeBron and this move right now, but it's a partnership with Maverick Carter as well as, you know, the Boston Red Sox and another team that they also have uh, ownership of, which is a soccer team, Liverpool. So there's just, a, you know, that, that combination of bringing other people in with you. Yeah, I definitely want your take on that because I think that's, that seems to be a part of the secret sauce. People that you don't even see, like behind the scenes people who you might not even have heard of, they, they're really making stuff happen for some of the people on the front lines. I mean, it always takes a team. Right. It always takes other people to get you to where you need to be. The The cool thing about LeBron is that where whatever decision he makes, like there's somebody who is involved, like in all the deals. And that's Mav Carter. Right. And it's it's crazy to see the the places that he's making these deals, not only with typical stuff like Nike and stuff, but like with the, with the school, like the whole thing with the school. Now he's in baseball. And of course the conversation of, well, when are you owning a basketball franchise? Like how did that happen? And he's like, Oh no, in, in time. And it's coming really soon. I really think that with the whole, uninterrupted and just highlighting athletes as a whole, I'm not going to be surprised that he's going to partner with every type of sports out there, period. Like I I see, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he touches football. I wouldn't be surprised if he touches, I don't know, hockey. It's like just in totality, right. if this is, saying that I'm more than an athlete, then he's going to bring that to life with his crew. I mean, he has the the agency uh, taken care of with, what, what's his name, Rich, I think, Rich, right? Rich Paul, yeah. Yeah, Rich Paul. So he is that the people being represented is taken care of, right? And I think with, like, as far as just total domination, him and Mav are going... To, to do that. So, but finding that person that sees that vision and then also partnering with other people that see that vision too is always important. Because if it doesn't align, it's like, this is going to be short term. But he, the way LeBron moves is always strategic and for a longer period than we understand, Right. Everything from even how he moved with uh, the teams that he selected. And now he's at L.A., but he's at L.A. for a reason, right? To now even this move. Like, I I showed it to you, but I, I was sitting back and thinking, like, what kind of, what reason would you own that? Like, what what is going on? that you would own a baseball franchise besides there's a lot of money in baseball, clearly. 
Like, I still don't understand how these baseball players get paid so much. Like, right. a whole guap. Like, you get really, uh, you hear, we're used to hearing the basketball players get paid and they're like, oh, okay, right, boom. And then you hear baseball players get a guap of money for like a year. I'm like, huh? yeah, there's big money in baseball. Wait, they, they get banged up and physical and all that great stuff and, you yeah. run and you can't, and I'm not, I'm not downplaying it. That's not what I'm doing. But, <laughs> but it's like, yeah. and then even with football, like football, season. you could yeah. die. Football. <laughs> oh, for sure. For sure. Football, nah, baseball you is just die. a longer season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, nah, ba- baseball is a longer season. So I think it gives the opportunity for teams to make more money. Mm-hmm. You know, 162 games just in the regular season, mm-hmm. not to mention playoffs and spring training. So that gives you a lot of opportunity to turn revenue, you know, TV deals, the whole nine. But, you know, one of those secrets, though, because you mentioned it's got to be more than just the money. I really think it's relationships, you know, because uh, the other part of it is we know when we did, uh, of course, and, and shout out to uh, or throw back to our Facebook uh, episode days, uh, we did. We covered LeBron, and we know he has ownership in a soccer team, yep. uh, Liverpool. Now, the ownership group that he's involved with, involved with, to you know, to be a part of that that franchise, are the same owners that are also involved in the Red Sox. Mm. So I think, yeah. So when I saw that, I'm like, oh, okay. There's definitely a relational currency that's happening there, where it's like, okay, we partnered on Liverpool. Now you know I can't get in the NBA because I'm playing. Once I'm done, maybe I'll, I'll circle back here. But where else can we do business together? It's like, okay, you got 70 for 1% with, you know, the Red Sox. And it's like, so I, I think there's definitely, that. that's another part of the magic that I'm seeing there that I'm like, okay, that's really, really cool to see. And that's why I said partnership, right? Like, let's start thinking about how we can come together and combine some of our geniuses or build relationships because some of these biggest evaluations you might hear the number, okay, well, the Red Sox are worth $3 billion as an organization, mm-hmm. but he owns 1%. Like, is you know, and I, I really want people to start thinking about it from a different way that when you think of ownership and equity and, and collaboration, 1% of $3 billion, of course, has got to mean something, right? Mm-hmm. It, rather than having 100% of whatever your six figures is because you're running on your own. So I think the the season of partnership is definitely going to show itself in a new way, you know, moving forward. So, okay. So what's your thoughts on, because now this is, this baseball, like this, Mm -hmm. I don't know their background with baseball. Regardless, I didn't know their background with soccer either, but you know, um, I don't know their their thing with baseball, like how, how do you place the, the right people? How do I word this? What do you have to do to make sure that you don't look like a dodo in these new baseball streets? Like this is a whole new, uh, wardroom now. This is, this is you, you, the King in basketball. No one's going to yeah. step on you on this one, but this is, this is baseball now. Um, yeah. so, so what is your thoughts with that? Well, so from what I know about baseball, baseball players are probably some of the worst 
athletes, when it comes down to branding and marketing, mm. the game just does a terrible job of branding and marketing them. Mm-hmm. Right. So what I know, and there was a season last, you know, probably five or six months ago, I've watched every single Math Carter interview that was on YouTube. No exaggeration. Right. I was really big on studying the man that's working with LeBron. And I really learned a lot about him. And we talked about it before we started recording tonight where we talked about he's big on value. Yeah. And I think as he entered the space and said, okay, well, what do we have? Yes, we have relationship, but we also have, you know, with Uninterrupted and their film studio, they have an opportunity to tell stories and really bring life to the game. Right. So they may not necessarily understand baseball, but I think they're going to really start looking to build relationship with some of the players now that they're involved at an ownership level and start streamlining more athletes into what they're already doing. So that's something that I wouldn't be surprised to see. That'll bring value to the game of baseball. That'll bring value to the team and the organization as a whole and really start, like I said, if, if baseball is going to stay in the race, because, and I, this come coming from someone who claims baseball as his very first love, as well as a, a huge baseball fanatic, baseball is a boring sport to watch. Mm-hmm. It's not fun to watch. Right. If you play it, you understand it a little bit differently. So they're doing things to spice it up. So I think, long story short, involving some of the athletes and starting to, you know, just do some things from a branding and marketing storytelling standpoint, it's going to bring a tremendous amount of value to the game. So... I love that you said that because um, what I what I got out of it is that e- even though like LeBron is the face and everything, like there's people behind the scenes that's going to make sure this is going to go right, right? Yeah. And yeah. the the great thing is that there's one person just and you already mentioned him that is always behind the scenes that is making sure. That LeBron's name stays very, very relevant, right? And that's Mav Carter. And um, I think on on this episode for the for the remaining one, we wanted to make sure that like you get kind of inside the head of some of these behind the scenes people because that's really what's moving this train. Like mm-hmm. you you have talent, but without the behind the scenes people talent is just talent like and to see how lebron has become such a powerhouse and has certain moves like this one and certain deals and like how even what he's done here has now affected like with his kids and stuff like that and their setup based off the relationships that him and his team has made and just like I said, a total domination in the sports world, period. Um, I think, what was it, two weeks ago, now he's, he's going to get into Hollywood already a little bit yeah. with what he's doing with Uninterrupted, with how they're doing stuff. But, of course, with Space Jam, right, that's really, like, he's he's the face, but I, he, the driver has to be Mav. The driver yeah. has to be Mav. Right. Absolutely. And so the the reason why I asked, like, OK, you're in these baseball streets, like, what do you what do you do now? Like there was something we watched a, an interview of how does like friends, just regular people who were just 
chilling at the crib or whatever, understand all these different industries that they're getting into. Like, how do you become one of the leading people? How? Do, but you're brand new. Like, you're mm-hmm. looked up to, but you're nervous. You're, I, I don't know. I've never done this, but I'm going to do it, and I'm going to figure it out. So I wanted to play a clip of him kind of explaining, like, what he does when he's in these different situations that is new, but definitely deserve uh, for what he's doing. I would be very nervous. I would, I would do it, but I'd be very nervous. But I'd instantly do what I did when I got that job. I s- surround myself mm. with amazing minds and thinkers who are specialists, who know right. what they know. Get those people in the room and start talking about how this is our, our, we all have one mission, which was to really help LeBron and make sure he was set up to be successful in everything that he wanted to do. So we had to be a team and then turn it over kind of to them and just sit there and listen and be a sponge and soak it up and then put all that together. But I was learning from all the experts that worked with us. Wow. First off, this is where the lesson really comes in. Like really huge. And I really hope you guys like caught it, but of course we're going to break it down, of course. But um, to make it super basic for, for how I normally explain things, ask questions. Yeah. <laughs> ask questions. Yeah. That's pretty much what he literally just said, how we got into these tables, how we have certain positions, how we are known now to the world is because we surrounded ourselves with the experts and asked questions, right? There was no pride. There was no, like, I can do this. Like he said, yo, I was nervous, but I'm going to make sure the top people are around us that can guide us, that can consult with us and make sure that in these first couple of steps, We're doing it right. And there was an interview, and I know most could go more into this, but where he was saying, you know, in the beginning stages, like we didn't know anything about ownership. It wasn't until like Jay-Z in the early stages had us just around, not necessarily like walking us through everything, but he had us around and we were picking up and I was asking questions, right? And then they figured out, the whole ownership situation, right? Um, and and we'll get into it hopefully in the next clip. Like Mav was working with Nike before he was an intern and he was asking questions about how they ran things and how they marketed things. And so when it was, was time for LeBron to say, yo, I'm about to sign with Nike and I need you here with me to, to figure this out. Like he already understood it and still surrounded himself with the right people. My question to everybody is, are you surrounding yourself with the right people so you can position yourself to dominate like they are? It's so important to look at your circle. It's so important to not have so much pride for people who are doing it a little bit better. And asking them, yo, how did you get there? Like, 
is this working out for you? What would you do different? How does that, like, what systems are better, what are not, right? And if if we just look at just even that particular part, it, I even sit down and I'm like, okay, yep, I had pride on that one. I had, yeah, I didn't mm, ask. I, yeah. And then especially in my pilot ways, uh, shout out to those who've taken the flight assessment, flightassessment.com, flightassessment.com. Yeah, I haven't said anything about it, but even in my pilot ways, I'm big on like at times, y'all, I'm not asking questions. I'm just going to go where this is why you need to have somebody on your team that has no problem asking questions that because you're going, you're still going to need that person. That's just going to go. Right. But there is always going to be another person that's going to give you the answers because they've already done the research. They've already asked everything that needed to be asked. So your journey could be a little bit smoother. Right. And I feel that though, I'm not sitting here saying that those two never made a mistake because they asked all the right questions or whatever. But I do feel that their road to domination um, is a little bit quicker and noticeable because of that they asked the right questions, that they have a person dedicated to make sure that we have people around us that I can ask the right questions like, are you just having people around you just to have, or are they people that you could honestly learn from? That's like yeah. that section right there. I was like, oh no, we got to talk about this one. We got it. Yeah, no, it's it's big. It's big because you think about even when he admits to being nervous, but he still has you know the confidence to not disqualify himself out of the room. Mm-hmm. I think that's also very important. So you know, of course, I'm big, big, big. A big part of what we do through our trainings is talk about awareness, and awareness really is having the knowledge to know what you don't know. Yep, that's a big part of awareness. A lot of people think, well, awareness is just me getting to know who I am and what I like. That's yep. part of it. Getting to know what you're good at. That's part of it. A bigger part of it is also making sure you're mindful of what you don't know and what you're not good at. So that you have strategies in place, keyword, before you're in that position so that you can act and move accordingly. So I love that he's admittedly telling you, I was nervous. Yeah. But when I got in the room, I surrounded myself with the experts and the right people who had the information and I let them lead the way so that I can learn and and kind of put our spin to it, right? There are big components, of course, of storytelling and marketers and all of that stuff. They take pride in it. So they're able to add their element, you know, as at, at another layer. So I think those two pieces are so critical. And, and it really is a good reminder for many of us, kind of like you said, all of us, mm-hmm. you know, to, to, to know that it's okay to not always have the answers. A right. big part of it is really having the courage to go find out the answer when you don't know it. And also, Asking for help or taking time to go figure it out when you come across a situation that you are not familiar with. So I I think that's huge, man. It's a great time to highlight this situation, especially with the success that they're having, because I think people are going to be more accepting of the fact that, okay, I don't have to have all the answers now. Right. This is like a great way, you know, for us to showcase that. So, yeah, that was good. I know I struggle sometimes asking questions. I'm not going to lie. I struggle with that because I'm just like, ah, like, 
at least for the type of person that I am, I'm not going to shout out to my pilots. I'm not going to say this is every pilot. But for me, right? right? right. For me, um, I just, I want to figure it out on my own. I want to yeah. figure it out on my own, but I know that there are certain situations that take so much longer because I want to figure it out on my own and because I'm not asking questions. Some things uh, can be taken care of in 2.3 seconds, and here I am spending a whole month on it. Like, ah, but I got it. Like, for me, I have this feeling of I figured it out on my own and I could duplicate it, right? For some reason, when I ask a question, I feel like I'm taking somebody else's formula and I don't want to do that, right? But watching this, I'm just like, Nikki, stop it. Right. Stop it. Right. Like, yeah. It's. Yeah, now it's dope that you admit it from your end too, though. Like the way you just described it, it's not like you're not asking questions for, you know, the sake of arrogance or pride. It's like, no, but you get a rush out of figuring it out on your own. So it's for good reason, which I think is really cool. So I, I think even the way that you're describing that now, that that's just, you know, it brings knowledge to other pilots out there. Like, okay, you know, that that's a big part of it and that's good too. But maybe when the stakes are high and I'm, and I'm thinking the way Mav is looking at it, like, okay, LeBron, a couple billion. Okay. Let me, you know, let me move accordingly. So right. it, it makes sense. Yeah. I get it. I get it. But there's one clip I definitely want to do before we leave, which um, it, there's so many layers to this. It's Nike. It's intern is nine to five kind of vibe. Like, just just listen, just you you'll get it. Loved about Nike. I never even thought about that because it wasn't a thing that that I thought about at the time was their ability to storytell with athletes, the stories and the way that they articulated the, who the athletes are and the authenticity of the athletes. And, and that's what led you to buy the product. And they offered me a consultancy. And then when LeBron turned pro, he was like, you have the information, you spent the time, you've been to Nike, you've been inside. I'm gonna sign with Nike. I want you to go work there. I've already worked it out for them to hire you. Hmm. It's a good referral to have. <sighs> That's a good referral to have. It's like, uh, <laughs> how, how did you take that? Because I, like I said, I took it in like three different ways. But how did you take it? Yeah, I, I think it's the magic of being in the room. You know, when you're finally on that campus and you grew up uh, someone who was an athlete. So math played basketball, was teammates with LeBron, went to college and ended up leaving college to get the intern at Nike. Uh, you probably grew up you know, a sneakerhead, fanatic about sneakers, and you think that Nike is really good at designing cool sneakers. And then you get in the room and you're like, wait a minute, it's not so much about the sneakers. The key ingredient here is the ability to tell, the ability to tell stories. Yep. So I think that's the magic of being in the room that when you're outside of an, in, an industry and you're just admiring what you think it is, whether it's because you naturally enjoy what's being produced, you're a consumer of the product or service that's coming out of it, you don't always know the key ingredient, the special sauce that makes that thing tick. Right. So I think being in the room, it gave him that foresight, you know, and we talked about it in a previous clip. Much of what they've recreated has come off of, we know the big piece of it here is 
using people who are marketable and not using them in a bad sense, but positioning people who are marketable or helping to tell their stories. The more we can give the voice to the athlete and take away the media you know, tendency to kind of shift the narrative or, or displace us, we have more power to do so. So yeah, that's the first thing that stood out. It's like, man, the magic of being in the room, you can figure out a key ingredient of something that you can duplicate everywhere you go. And we've seen it in a lot of their businesses so far. Yeah, I I think for me, right, there's there's probably three ways that I looked at this. One is I loved how he broke down Nike. Like I mm. because I think we all look at Nike as uh, a place where you can get sports apparel. You get sneakers, you get shirts, hoodies, sweats, all this great stuff so you can go on your you know, athletic journey of whatever it is, right? Or just to look good, either or. But the way he was like, nah, it's not products. It's the stories of these athletes and how they've used them to go to the next level, like the Olympics, like the championships and things like that. And that's what sells is the stories and not necessarily the products, right? And I'm like, man, like, I already know how important storytelling is within branding, but I never broke it down to where that was Nike, right? And the crazy thing is I read Shoe Dog, right? Um, And for those people who don't know what that is, the book by uh, the person who did Nike, Right. Phil Knight. Yep. And the even the book was so concentrated on the shoe. Right. And the journey of building the shoe and and making Nike work and things like that, where I didn't hear the the storytelling of the athlete. I didn't hear it through that. So when he said that, I was like, man, that makes sense, because then I think of the cap situation. Right. I think of, you know, when the Olympics are on and you see everybody rocking Nike, right? They're not selling anything. They're actually promoting that everybody's going to the Olympics and they're wearing Nike and you almost want to uh, represent whatever your country is proud by wearing whatever they have, which is Nike. You know, it's, it's crazy when you think about it like that. The second way that I got out of it was how important it is that your internship, that your nine to five skills transfers to your entrepreneurship self. That's a good word, Nix. He literally interned with Nike and learned everything that he could, right? And you heard him. He was like, yo. It, I, I left it and I went back to consult, right? They hired me to be a consultant to then, hey, LeBron was like, yo, you're already in it. Boom, let's, let's do this together to then even with the media company of Uninterrupted, it's storytelling. Like, but he learned all that through Nike. And yeah. sometimes I think we we actually downplay or not really pay attention to 
our, what I would say, past life, right, mm-hmm. of the nine to five or the interning and everything like that, because it may not be exactly what we're doing now, but there are a lot of transferable skills that we have to recognize and actually kind of still craft in a certain kind of way because it began here. It was a seed here, but it's now growing with our entrepreneurship ways. Right. And I love that he, I don't know if he noticed that, right. But you clearly saw the journey. You clearly saw the connection of like, it only made sense, but it still makes sense after the Nike deal. Like it didn't stop there. Like the storytelling continues with uh, everything from when he did, when LeBron did the decision, right? When um, they did shows like the shop and what they're doing with LeBron's uh, son and the team and, and, you know, documenting that whole journey. Right. Um, It's, it's amazing to see how, skills from earlier on is still relevant right now. And so like, I even look back like, okay, my work ethic really comes from my Navy days from doing all these different jobs all at the same time that now when I'm doing what I do now with, with E and the team that I'm doing all these different jobs and it doesn't phase me like my work ethic yeah. where I, I don't go to sleep until certain things are done is because I get it from the Navy where it's like, yo, you don't go to sleep until, you know, this watch is over. Right. And so you have to kind of connect what you've learned, your work ethic and from past life and, and now when I call past life with the nine to five kind. Now, if you're in the nine to five or as an intern right now, pay attention to the skills, pay attention to what you're doing because you could probably use that and flip it to create impact and make money down the line. But I think if you, with Mav, he, he figured out what that was, which was storytelling. He figured it out. Mm -hmm. He's like, yo, I didn't even know that storytelling was a job. That's a whole job. Right. Right? Right. And he, he stuck with that. He recognized it. And so I think if people were to recognize what that skill, what that, what that thing is early. Right. And not even necessarily formulated in its, in its full entirety at first, but just know like, yo, this is special. I don't know what that is, but what they're making me do here or what they're doing, this is special. I need to pay attention to it because I didn't even know that was possible. Pay attention to that. Write it down somewhere. That's what I would say. I don't know. Yeah, that's big, man. That's huge. That's huge. Yeah. I mean, a big part of it is you got to be a progressive thinker. You know, Mm -hmm. you got to be able to see the good, out of any bad situation so that you can use it down the line. Because like you said, skills are absolutely transferable. Experience is absolutely transferable. Knowledge and information is also transferable. So if you're in a situation that is not most ideal, really think about it. Like, man, how can I empty the bucket and really figure out 
what can I take from here mm -hmm. so that I can use it elsewhere? I've done it, right? I've mentioned Wall Street. I've mentioned the hospitality industry. I've been in multiple spaces, baseball, and look how it's kind of serving on this episode in ways. Yeah. But that, that, that's a portion of my life that has helped me, you know, be the person who I am today. So, yeah, no, it, it absolutely is important. And, those, and something about those, like, low, low moments, like the ones, the embarrassing jobs, the ones that you kind of wish nobody would see you in that new uniform and you kind of, you know, like, you, you're doing the most to hide it. There's a lot of lessons in those if you really can have the, you know, the, the foresight to see and be a progressive thinker and say, man, what can I extract from these moments? There's so much that you can build out of that. So I love that you bring that up. That's definitely a lesson. Just saying. But look, 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 look. Did you follow us yet? Did you have you followed us? Have you followed Come us on us Instagram? Out. Have you followed yeah. us on Facebook? Clear if you're watching this, you're either watching this on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube. You're following us somewhere. So we appreciate that. But follow us everywhere else. We're there. We're live uh every Tuesday. 8 p.m. on YouTube. Hey. Which I'm, I think we're both having a lot of fun on. I don't know why yeah. there is a difference. It just feels different. I don't know what you think. It just feels different yeah. on YouTube. No, 100%. The energy is dope. Yeah. I don't know what it is about YouTube, but the YouTube energy is really, really cool. So, uh, and, and, and also the recordings get stored as part of our channel yep. immediately after. So I think it's like a, you know, a double win in that. So I really like it. Yeah. Yep. And, and don't think we don't love you listeners. Shout out to Uganda. We're in Uganda. I don't, I don't, Let's go. Listen, listen, we may be visiting you next year. Hey. I'm just saying hey. the okay. way the world is working <laughs> out. Moose may be out in these streets. We may get into that. And, and listen, listen. You better watch out. It's we, happening we, soon. We may do a, a world tour and it's about to be crazy. Don't take my word. I'm just exaggerating and being a full uh, flight attendant at this moment. Don't mind me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, we, may, we, may get, we may get into that on Tuesday. I don't know. I'm just super happy. Like, okay. Real quick before we leave. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna make you question uh y'all friendships. If if your friend is not willing to throw stacks on making sure that you could go wherever they go, they're not your friend. Right. That's right. Talk about it. I'm just saying Talk don't about don't have those no, nah, we're just cool. We're like we can do all these different partnerships. No. If they're livelihood if they're them not being comfortable is not there they're not your friend i'm just saying I'm just saying real bar. Just yeah that's real question, question your friends like hey so if i was to get into a situation like how much do you have on it like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you at least got five on that talk to do me you do have, you have right. do you have five please let me know but anyways uh, Moose, how you felt about this uh, episode? You you good? 
phenomenal. Yeah, I think we're, you know, we're, we're introducing the community into new parts of the business world, the sporting world. We're getting into the ingredients. And man, I hope this could just be, you know, serve as a blessing and an encouraging lesson for everyone tuned in. Like, oh, wow, okay, this is a piece that I can extract in and do here because it's stuff that we're doing. You know, like I said, a few months back, I was heavy in, Maver- you know, in studying Maverick Carter because I was like, man, I'm in a very similar position. I feel like I'm I'm working closely to what appears to be a, also a flight attendant talent. Like, what can I pull from it? And and we're pulling back or or circling back and doing the same with you all. So yeah, no, this is this is always a good thing to do. This was a great episode. I'm just gonna say it. You don't have to say. It. I mean, I would love for you short guys and sweet. To yeah, short yeah, yeah, and sweet. yeah, yeah. Well, no, we're we're still doing the same amount of time. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was saying short and sweet the way it describes. You said, oh, oh, you know, great episode. Yeah, it was it's, it's a great episode. Uh, I still think the Khaled, the Khaled one is my my favorite. Like, because he's just such a funny, normal guy that you gave him a camera and he blew up. Like, not saying yeah. that Khaled wasn't already like known for his music, but he blew up way more because of social media than. Maybe yeah. his albums. I'm going, I'll put that statement out there. If somebody wants to disagree with me, you know, hit my social media up. I'm cool with that. But I really think we know Khaled uh, for who he is because of social media and not necessarily because of his albums. Because of social media, we went to his albums and we were looking forward to uh, more music and more forward to the collaborations, whether it's artists or whether it's brands. And it, that, well, I think that was just dope. I'm not going to get more into it. I just think it was dope. But look, Moose, final words. Yeah. Yeah. I read something this week, man, that said, if you can't change the people around you, change the people around you. Right. Mm. With this episode was big on the people in your in your corner, partnerships and collaboration. So I, I really just want to say this. Growth has to happen in your mind before you see the change in your bank account. All right. So if you can't change the people around you, change the people around you. 